Lucrative Super has been a proud partner of the PFA since 2009 and offers PFA members the opportunity for one-on-one consultation and advice on your super at no additional cost. With Lucrative Super, you're a part of an industry super fund that's been providing solid, long-term returns and excellent service for the past 40 years. We care about giving back to our community. Lucrative Super, working for a better future. It's a pleasure to be speaking to this man. I was thinking about what I was going to coin him as, and I've gone for Journeyman, uh, a man that played in Romania, Poland, and of course played for three A-League clubs, if, if my memory serves me correct. It's Michael Thwaite. Welcome to the Footballer's Voice. I think I got it wrong, mate. You put up four. Yeah. What was the fourth? Gold Coast? Yeah, Gold Coast United, Melbourne Victory, West Sydney Wanderers, and Perth Glory. Of course. There we go. It was four. So is Journeyman the right way to describe you, Michael? Um, yeah, I guess that's that's what's happened. Um, <laughs> I didn't plan for it to happen that way. Um, it started um, all the way at Marconi in the old NSL, and then unfortunately the NSL finished. Yeah. And instead of going back to state league, I went to to Europe and uh, where I played in Romania, Poland, and Norway. You missed one as well. Oh, geez, I missed Norway, which is a beautiful country. Just while we're at it. Yeah, definitely very very beautiful. Um, and then, obviously, getting involved in the national teams uh, and trying to balance my relationship. That's why I came back to, to Australia on loan to, to Melbourne Victory um, and then had a chance to, to stay at Melbourne Victory uh, but opted to come back to the Sunshine State at Gold Coast United. And then the club folded after three years um, and, uh, yeah, then went over to Perth for, for four seasons before um, going to China uh, and then... Um, to the Wanderers, which was my last season in the A-League in 2018. And then, um, yeah, after two years living away from my family, I uh, decided to come back and, and play for Gold Coast United again. And, uh, yeah, so this is actually the first month that uh, I'm not actually playing professional football. So we're going to be talking about transition, and uh, so I'm right right in it at the moment. How does it feel? Because it's funny that you talk about transitioning uh, at the moment, my business partner and I were working on a few audio documentaries and one of the the big topics uh, that we're trying to map out for a series is actually about transitions. A lot of sports athletes that we've come across, not only from football but various codes, have spoken about the difficulty in transitioning. Um, there are some great success stories, no doubt, and I've actually spoken to a few of them on this podcast, but... There are also, unfortunately, Michael, a lot of people that have an identity crisis, a lot of people that kind of fall away and can't, uh, I guess, get a handle on how they can integrate themselves into what you could probably call just a, I guess, a normal societal process for them coming out of training every day and and, and travelling um, every second week during a season to play games of football. And then all of a sudden, you know, for want of a better term, they're in, in the rat race, inverted commas, just trying to forge an identity for themselves. And it it actually, it gets to me a little bit, Michael, seeing a few of these well-accomplished footballers, if we just stay on football for now um, and start getting stuck into what your new business is, that can't actually transition properly um, and suffer from mental health issues um, and just suffer generally um, and don't know how to, uh, I guess, integrate themselves into this new world. So is this business that's football, is this what it's all about? It's trying to maybe create a safety net so some of these footballers uh, don't go through that process? 
Yeah, so in a nutshell, this this conversation actually started very well because when you were trying to describe my career and what I've done, you know, you didn't really know the answer because you're living in in, in your life and, you know, you're experiencing what, what you're good at. And, you know, I have my own identity as a player and, you know, I know every club that I've played for um, every year, the ups, downs, roller coaster ride. But the reality is once you stop playing, someone like yourself or a company or a club even, um, they, they don't really care that much that, that you've finished playing. Um, life goes on um, and you're expected to almost transcend into something new. And, yeah, so I, the term that's football really means for me that's life. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a grey logo as well um, because it's not always black and white football and, and neither is life. And, um, and, and also my black shirt represents a lot too, um, probably the more darker times when I was living away from my family to do with anxiety and, and depression and also uh, to another level. But, yeah, so everything in my brand I, I really thought about for a long time. And in 2018, after hearing the term a lot, I was like, oh, I'm going to trademark that because I hear it so often in different codes. That's football, whether, you know, you're not getting picked or um, you score the winning goal or you can concede an own goal. Um, uh, there's so much politics around the game and in life, um, and and that's that's the meaning behind it. And basically, it's a mentoring company um, helping people transition into a profession they value. And I think that's one of the the biggest issues for athletes, as you said. We we're told, like particularly with the social media um, years now, to brand yourself as an athlete and. Um, you know, everything's around what you've done as a career. But the reality is when you do finish playing like me right now in this month, not, you know, you know, you make these announcements and the club talks well about you. And but the next day it's, it's old news. And mm. that's, that's the hardest moment in transition is, and, and it's a, and it's a huge gap um, where it's, you know, even on the pitch, it's, it's actually transition when you go from having possession to losing possession. It's actually the hardest moment to coach as well and and it's and it's a hard moment because you look at last year so many people are losing their jobs um yeah. going into different things that they they haven't used to be in the environment losing you know losing family losing losing um their purpose and and i think that transition is the hardest moment and yeah i was lucky enough to to have a quite smooth transition into the mpl at um at gold coast united and then um, I had my first role at uh, an Orbitz Elevators. It was one of our sponsors, and I didn't really have to apply for it because it was through, uh, yeah, through through our club and things like that. And it was actually in HR, and it was in an office environment. Um, and it actually lasted five months because COVID hit, and a third of the company got made redundant. and And I actually lost my job because of it. Yeah, and that was while I was still playing. But that's the reality. That's that's how it happens, especially like a year last year. But that's happening every day to people. So what's the next step? What's the cycle that you're going to go through um, in that transition when you lose a job? And and fortunately enough, um, while still playing last year um, semi-professionally, I was able to mould myself and do it probably the right way, start applying for jobs, getting out of my comfort zone. And I'm actually in a, in a sports disability company called Gold Coast Rec and Sport, something that I never thought I'd be in. But 
I think my my own values are really aligned to the values of that company, which which probably wasn't so much aligned at all, but it's because it was in an office environment and something that I'm not used to after playing professionally for 18 years. So, yeah, so that was my, in a, in a, in a nutshell, my last year mm. um, and that transition. But for us to just continue thinking that we're this athlete and we're this brand, Michael Thwaite or whoever it may be, it's it, it, it will fail because the reality is that that part of your life is over and you yeah. need to um, transition into something um, new ASAP. Well, it's a very minuscule portion of athletes that are in the top, top elite echelon that either go into media and have a long, prosperous career and there aren't many athletes that get that opportunity. Um, so there is a significant portion of people that have to get out there and they have to get on with it and they have to find a way to try and jump into a profession where they can drive value and where they feel like they've got a purpose. And it was really refreshing and great to speak to Billy Seleski on one of the most recent podcasts, Michael, and he took a bit of time out and maybe he said it to me, he felt like he kind of lost his way a little bit and then he's created this great product in Boot Lab. Um, And it is difficult and I think... One thing that the PFA are clearly trying to do, and you can see it with their past players program and um, what they've integrated into that program about, you know, career counselling and financial wellbeing and mental health referral networks and things like that, is they're trying to help the footballer transition. But I still have this long-standing thought that, unfortunately, it comes back to the point that you're making about the brand and how it's going to carry you through once you've finished your career. I still think think there's a sense that a lot of these footballers and a lot of these athletes are sheltered Um, and maybe there's a degree of complacency thinking that a certain brand on social media is going to get you through. Those options will exhaust themselves after they've done their cameos and their events and and whatever they get paid to do by posting particular content or hosting nights and whatever because there'll be another generation or a new brigade that come through that are fresher and more original. Um, So that's never going to... It's never going to be sustainable, um, again, unless you're in that unbelievably top bracket where everyone thinks you're the best thing since sliced bread and you end up getting a media job, which is slim pickings these days. So yeah. do you agree that football is still, and we've got a lot of work to do, that they still are sheltered to a certain degree and they maybe are still a little right. bit complacent? Well, speaking of that world, uh, I've, you know, I've been married 14 years this year and uh, it's something that my wife, Chantel, that, that word, she tells me that nearly every single day. <laughs> and it's... Sorry it, to it, say it again. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and that's another story, you know, having the balance of the partner and their job and, you know, their purpose, their, you know, their education, um, the family side of things. That's, that's a whole another can of worms. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, you need that we need to have perspective and it's only in the last probably two years and the more people that I've retired that have retired also uh, they, they say it's almost takes that two year period but it's it's for me it's about knowing that we had a privilege um, to you know to to play a profession that we love since maybe seven years old um, and we've turned that into a profession hopefully over a long period of time um, and you just got to see that 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 part is going to finish and you need to mold into something 
ASAP, as I said, but it's it, it only comes with educating yourself, um, you know, through the PFA, through getting grants, through studying whilst playing because there is a lot of downtime. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then action. It's Action is the biggest word as well that <laughs> there's no point dwelling on it because, you know, I probably had a year where I was, you know, I was still getting paid for, from Gold Coast United and, and going to those events, corporate events, and speaking about you as a as an athlete. And, um, yeah, it only works for so long. I had those media opportunities at Fox, and, and it's something that I didn't really align with right now. I don't know in the future, but it, it, you're right. It only lasts for so long before you actually need to find something that um, you value and, and, you know, because we're used to working hard. Don't get me wrong. It's it's, it's hard to get that to that professional level but you need to have the same energy in your next in your next chapter and yeah the way I think about it is like we started as a hobby um with football as seven years old and we turned it into a profession but it's almost like we need to turn football back into a hobby and that's why yeah like for, for me example like of this will be my first year not playing after 18 years but I'm still aligned with Gold Coast United where I'm doing like a free accessible disability program once a month I'm still training a couple nights a week. I think I'm probably one of the first people that actually trains and doesn't play because it doesn't suit my family, and uh, and it it doesn't suit me as as well mentally, you know. So, but it's still having that connection with the club. So it's not like you're cutting what what you've known for so long. And um, but yeah, like you, you need to have perspective, and and um, and and it's about actioning, um, you know, what what you're thinking about for the future, just like. You know, Billy's done with with um, with his cleaning product, so which is which is amazing. So let's talk about that's football in a little bit more detail. Um, it is a mentoring company. It's a mixture of off field and on field. I won't steal your thunder. You can take the floor and, and explain what it's all about. Yeah. So yeah, in a nutshell, like I think uh, there's always those percentages where you know athletes will talk about or, or past um, athletes will talk. You know, how much percent do we use mentally and how, how much percent do we use physically? But I guarantee, you know, that the majority is is mentally, um, you know, whatever that statistic may be. Um, but, yeah, so I'm more focused on the off-field uh, because we do so much on-field. There's all these academies and all this coaching about on-field, but I think there's a there's a massive gap with, with our off-field um, mentality. And, and basically... I remember um, Wayne Bennett talking to Shane Webke about because he got a bit lost, I don't know, with his investments and whatever, and he had, had to kind of come back to ground zero. But he asked about transition, like Wayne Bennett, about I think it was in his book or something like that, and he said, basically, Shane, you got to use the same steps that you use to get into a profession, you got to use now out of a profession. So um, I've created like more of a cycle that I'm going through and that I've used my whole career to actually get to a professional level. And I'm going to try and use that now out of a profession as well and molding into something else, which I've already done. Um, but yeah, so basically, I start with an introduction about myself and then learning about your own values mm-hmm. and obviously aligning your own values um, with a company or your own business that have the same set of values. And that's where I think the relationship between the people will be very good. If if that relationship doesn't work, it's going to be a short-term thing, I yeah. guarantee. And then uh, goal setting is huge for me as well. Like I still have the sheet of paper, which when I first moved to Sydney in 2002, 
and started to achieve these things. But I had a just an A4 piece of page, paper which I laminated and I showed people actually what I tried to achieve. And then there's things that I didn't achieve as well, which 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 meant a refocus and yeah. and re, resetting goals. So, and then I think it's important wherever you are, whether it be on the pitch or at a at a company, is to try and mold yourself into a leadership into a leader, whatever leader that that might be, not the role leadership, not not a CEO or whatever it may be, but some sort of leader. It's I think that's important for people. So I talk about leadership, and then obviously with leadership and you know goal setting and stuff, there's a lot of failure. So I think it's important for people to be comfortable with learning from failure, um, apart from the successes. And then obviously when you have failure, the cycle becomes more in mental health. So obviously. People are talking about mental health left, right, and center, but everybody has mental mental health. Mental yeah. illness is a different story. I've actually suffered from anxiety my whole career, and you know it, it probably started with worries and thoughts. But when I was away from my family, that anxiety became depression, and obviously I was even having suicidal thoughts to that level. And it's something that I'm comfortable with talking about. And that's actually a story why I wear a black shirt is because. I remember one time when I was traveling back and forth from uh, from Western Sydney Wanderers, and I was living my second year away from my family and, and, and wife, wife and kids. And I was doing, I was reading this book uh, to to my year four class uh, where my daughter was, and I started just thinking about the, having anxious thoughts and started thinking about, you know, I'm going to be on a flight in two hours' time. I'm going to be away from my family. I don't know when I'm going to see them next. And I started bombing, like sweating for fun, you know, in the shirt that I was mm. in. And I had like obviously the sweat patches and whatnot. And then I thought, oh, if I ever make a brand or a company, I'll, I'll wear a black shirt. So if I start sweating again, people can't <laughs> tell. Yeah. So that's like a, a message behind my, my own brand and my, my business. But then, yeah, it's, what are we going to do to, you know, on that spectrum of mental health, whether it be, um, you know, you're, you're going to the suicidal phase, you're, you know, you're, you're, it, it's almost like a scale out of 10, you know, where you're, yeah. You know, you're you're flourishing and you're you're buzzing in life, um, but that's you know that's a daily thing. It's going to go up and down. But then, obviously, if you're if if you're suffering from anxiety or depression, then it's going to go towards the other way, towards one and zero. You know, like, and that's when you know hospitalization may have to happen. Um, and and I've been through the process of you know seeing a psychiatrist and a, a psychologist. Um, I don't think we're that comfortable, you know, in in talking about those things uh, at the moment and. Because, you know, you ask people, oh, how many people have had a physical injury? And everyone's, yep, yep, yeah, roll the ankle, seeing the physio. But then when you say how many people have had a like a mental injury, it's like everyone's looking around and seeing who's putting their hands up. So, And that, that leads into what are we going to do if, if you have some mental health issues? And, and that's the last topic that I talk about is resilience, is, is um, you know, not giving up and, um, yeah, and, and, and factors that help. Uh, people to become resilient because that's the only way to get over it. Absolutely. I commend you for opening up. It's never easy. Um, I think we are getting slightly better as a society, but with men, men, come on, talk. Like I unfortunately, Michael, just went through a pretty harrowing experience with my brother, his best man at his wedding, um, actually took his own life not so long ago and really difficult for uh, my brother to process uh, and for his friendship group, they're all uh, uh, Aussie rules footballers who played at a high level um, in that environment where 
you know, harden up, toughen up, get on with it, mate, that type of environment. And unfortunately, you know, we we struggle as men to even start the conversation. Um, I know personally, uh, myself, having gone through a few experiences with uh, mental health issues, um, I can think of nothing better but just reaching out to a friend who I know is going through a hard time and um, just asking, no, how are you really? Uh, not how are you generally, how are you dealing at the moment? So we have some large steps and some significant room for improvement, um, but I am seeing a better version of men out there in society uh, trying to openly speak up and speak out about this. Um but inherently, it's very difficult because of the constructs of society, what's been built around us, um, for a lot of males to open up. And one of the one of the biggest problems, Michael, is it's probably more. I talk about metropolitan areas and and, and where I reside, but one of the biggest problems I've seen is actually out in the bush. It's in the rural areas, um, and that's where I grew up on a farm. And I know there's some great initiatives and companies out there that are going on a bit of a roadshow and talking to some of these isolated rural towns and trying to get these men out there who are, you know, big burly farmers to open up. Um, And a lot of them have experienced terrible droughts recently. Um, And it's a really, uh, it it really hurts to see the numbers and the statistics around young men taking their lives. So I think anyone that has that implemented into their business like yourself, that's trying to make a difference and trying to get, people to break down those barriers and getting them to speak and accept that, you know what, you might be going through a tough time and it's okay and you, you need some oh. help. So I do commend you um, having looked at your website and looked into it and seeing uh, the goal setting, the leadership values, but also just a really strong focus on mental health and resilience um, is absolutely terrific because that needs to be on the same level as those previous values and those pre- previous components that you're trying to preach. Um, it's very significant and very important. Yeah, as you said, like the statistics are alarming. It's, uh, you know, Australia, let alone the world, you know, like I've, I've played in 35 different countries and, and some are, you know, third world countries. So it's it's fascinating that a country like ours, like a middle-class society country, that has so much opportunity. If you're working, if you're not working, you know, to get funding, it's it's not about the finance. It's we're, we're going wrong somewhere else, and yeah. you're talking about one a quarter of people suffering from anxiety. You know, you got one in seven um, having depression at one stage of their life. You got almost I think it's eight people every day in Australia committing suicide. It's um, <laughs> mate, that is alarming. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the problems with COVID, but you know, and, and, and what COVID has done in the last year uh, created so much, you know, anxiety and depression and, and a lack of connection and isolation. And as you said, in those, you know, I grew up in Cairns until I was 18 in those regional areas, you know. We're going camping next next week uh, up there uh, where my family's from. And, you know, that that's probably what it's, it's about, going back to, you know, what you learn as a kid and, and those simple things, which has nothing to do with finance or, um, you know, your job or it's just about people connecting and talking. And, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a massive passion of mine, I think. You know, looking from even comparing, you know, the, the real-world environment, you know, every day, you know, working, walking along Burley or, um, and, and, 
and saying, how are you going? And then the reply is, how are you going? We're not even answering each other's question. Yeah. And then, you know, in the change room environment, you know, I remember West Sydney Wanderers in my second year away and, you know, you come into the environment, you got to have this uh, brave face and you're like, how are you going, how are you going? And the answer is just good, 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 yep. And that, and that's it. You're in, into training, out of training and that's it. Yeah. But the reality is like in every single person, there's different types of suffering going on uh, where they shouldn't really be suffering, but that's that's people. But mm. yeah, I remember saying to people, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I can't say I'm good because I, I, I'm away from my family. But the reality is that was my, my own choice. Yeah. But that's happening in the change room environment. It's And particularly, you know, I'm, I'm not in the women's game. I'm sure it's the same, but um, especially with men, you know. So, yeah. Um, but everything's a choice, and I guess it's the environment that you put yourself. I chose to do that in China. I chose to do that in Sydney, and that's why I ended up back here in Gold Coast with my family. So, and and in a nutshell, that's that's why I've just decided not to play anymore. But obviously, still attached with the club and and have that alignment. Um, but the weekends, are, you know, my, my daughters do pretty much every day of the week, they, they're doing ballet and horse riding. So they're, they're not going to be a Matilda, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's their turn, you know, like in, yeah. um, I'm a father and a husband, so I've got responsibilities for that. Mate, I love it. It's been amazing to speak to you. Um, I, hopefully there's a lot that listeners can glean from this conversation. I think there definitely is. How do people get in touch with you, Michael? Um, who are interested in not only what you're doing, but maybe taking up one of these programs. Yeah, so I have a website, thatsfootball.com.au, and I'm also on Instagram uh, at thatsfootballmt. But that's, yeah, that's an, that's another story I talk about is the social media because, you know, at the moment there's an in, instant gratification for, for everybody and there's so much comparing going on. That's why I was like, I remember after... after after Sydney, I, I actually deleted all my platforms, and um, because I had these followers as an athlete, and, and then, but then, I thought, oh, if I start a business, like, how am I going to connect with people? Like, it's how people communicate these days, but yeah. it's causing so much problems. So it's like a double-edged sword, you know. So, um, but yeah, and and you know, a daily balance with my own with, with social media. But I think it's such an addictive thing. I don't really want to be promoting it. I actually say, don't follow me, but. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to okay. check out the website, that's probably a start. But I think it's just getting uh, people connecting and talking about it. Exactly. No, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about as well. Mate, I'll leave you to it. As I said, absolute pleasure to speak to you. It's wonderful to see the difference uh, that you're trying to make outside of football. Um, you're only in your infancy as well uh, with this yeah. new venture. So I can't wait personally to see it uh, grow and prosper in the future. So great work. Yeah, thanks, and I, I appreciate the, the support from the PFA, and they've helped me a lot, like in my time in Romania and, and also getting out of China and and giving me a PF, PFA grant as well. Um, so they've been a big part of, of, of my life, and um, I'm hoping to help with this past players program in the future and just getting athletes more conscious of, of what's actually happening. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, Michael. All right, cheers. Have a good day.